With 35% of trucks on the road driving empty, 87 million metric tons of carbon emissions are produced annually. Leveraging machine learning and automation, Convoy is efficiently connecting shippers with carriers while reducing carbon emissions. Learn how Convoy's technology can help your business run efficiently and build toward a no empty miles future at convoy.com slash sustainability. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Welcome to Net Zero Carbon, a show at Freightways where we focus on sustainability and transportation. I'm Danny Gomez, your host. Today, I'm joined by Sam Stockdale, who's the head of sustainability and ESG at Link Logistics. Sam, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, Danny, thanks for having me. It's thrilled to be here. So, Sam, you know, what we like to do at the beginning of the show is really to give some background in the folks who are joining us. You have a very um, in-depth background in, in sustainability and ESG, and I know you even have some personal passions of your own that, um, you know, in, in woodworking and, re- and you've been working with reclaimed wood that actually speak to your, you know, your passions around sustainability. Do you mind just describing for us kind of what brought you into this role? Um, also, you know, a little bit more about Link Logistics and, and how their focus in ESG marries with your, your personal passions. Yeah, my, my, my pleasure. Um, so for, I'll start with Link Logistics. Um, so Link Logistics is the Blackstone North American platform for all distribution center and industrial real estate. Uh, and so we are a relatively new player, but we are a large player. And I think as I, I think as I sit here today, we've topped out at over a half a million square feet and over 300 or 3,000 assets in our management. And so in addition to that, um, about $1 trillion of, um, you know, of, of goods and services flows through our customers' uh, warehouse and distribution networks. And so a, a huge platform for scale and to, um, and to institute some disruption and some change. Personally, I, I came to sustainability from really a finance, um, operations, and asset management background. So I, I began my career at Tishman Spire, which is one of the largest owner-operators of uh, development real estate in the world. So think uh, the Chrysler building or the uh, Rockefeller Center, the MetLife building in New York. Then I made my way to JP Morgan, um, where I ran sustainable operations and energy globally for that platform, which is a similar scale to Link. We had about 7,000 Chase Bank branches, 20 data centers, and 1,000 office buildings in 63 countries, uh, and an immense um, energy operation there. And then I came to Link about about two years ago, um, and it's just what an opportunity for change um, and from my position, at least um, from an asset class that has a long way to go in trying to identify and implement some some best practices across the decarbonization um, and energy management space. When we talk about sustainability on net zero carbon, historically, we've really focused on tailpipe emissions just because it's such a you know heavy focus on transportation. Um, we, we always contextualize it by talking about the different scopes and just kind of Level set for everybody out there when you think about emissions, there's generally these three buckets that people refer to. Scope one is the, the equipment, the assets that you operate. Scope two is generally thought of as the energy that you purchase to run your business. Scope three is um, what is one of the hardest areas to focus on because it's it's the supply into your business. Um, and it's helpful to think about scope three as, um, you know, if, if you're 
if you're running a warehouse and you're using transportation services and those companies who are providing the transportation services that feed into to your business, that they themselves have their own scope one and scope two that then need to be accounted within your within your emissions footprint for running your business. And so, um, you know, as we as we talk about here on the show, the, the various components, again, we have heavily weighted the, the conversation around the transportation side. And I'm really excited to jump into um to the to the infrastructure side on 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 the real estate because it is a big part of um, of the footprint for a lot of these companies and it's really something that they have more control over right when you think about the different scopes what's what's always referred to in scope three is that it is just really hard to help and to push your your suppliers to do the things um, to meet with your goals and so can you talk a little bit about how you see the scope one and scope two um, where that fits in, and, and really the power that um, that is in control of these firms who who start to focus on efficiencies and what those types of efficiencies look like, and then maybe some practical things around where Link is helping companies, um, you know, really realize those gains and reductions in emissions. Sure. Um, so why don't we why don't we take them one at a time? We can start with kind of the emissions conversation and then move into solutions and and what comes next. Um, it's a, it's a great segue into the foundation on which we built Link's program. Um, and, and so what we're really focused on is one, the intersectionality between people, the built environment, and the transportation sector. And the built environment and the transportation sector, if you allocate um, emissions from the energy sector between the two, that accounts for almost two thirds of the US emissions. Um, and so we, we feel that we have a real opportunity to actually provide solutions across both these both of these sectors for for decarbonization, and we're the, we're the right partner with the right backing uh, between the Blackstone network to really make a to make a, a true measurable impact. And that's what the second um, pillar of our programming is: is true measurable impact. Our strategy is about data. Measuring emissions is about data. Um, and so having sustainability managers, officers, uh, and C-suite executives that understand that, or understand rather, that data-driven strategies um, and strategies for pulling data out of buildings um, or vehicles for reporting, measurement, and baselining, and therefore can drive better strategies for decarbonization over a, a long-term plan, that's critical for all of us. Um, and so that's, that's a huge part of what we've been focused on the last two years. Uh, and that leads really into the next part, which is the solutioning, right? And we have a lot of really exciting things coming on the pipeline from solutions where we really want to be that single source that customers can come to, whether they be building occupants or freight carriers, which you've already identified as kind of downstream from warehouse operators, right? Most operators don't own their fleets, but the fleets are going to be part of their scope of emissions, their scope three of emissions, right? And so we're, we're casting a very wide net uh, on how we can provide a cohesive set of solutions that allow for decarbonization all the way down the value chain. Um, and, and, and where we've made some, um, some demonstra demonstrable um, progress here is really on the partnership side. And, and being, being a young company, you know, Link has only been around for two years and we've made an immense amount of progress within that very short time frame. And a big reason why is because we've gone out and we've sought to uh, partner with some of the leading environmental nonprofits in the world, like the Nature Conservancy or, uh, or the Environmental Defense Fund or EPA Energy Star. You know, we've truly sought out experts 
that can help us identify what those best practices are and what those strategies that the most successful companies have done that can kind of really, really survive and link from a transitive perspective to, to help us build some of these some of these solutions that we want to create. The way that you're where you're situated and the, and the fact that you are you are in conversation and you're and you're um, representing a lot of your customers, right? You you have the you have the ability to um, to bring together best practices and to um, push those down to the people who are leasing the spaces from you and, and, and to put them really in a position to succeed um, and do it in a, in, a, in a networked way, right? Where it's not just a, a singular solution for one of your um, for one of your customers, but by spreading that across the entire network of the real estate that you operate, it's a pretty big um, one responsibility and two opportunity. How do you think about, and I'm curious too, just the general reception that you have from the firms who are utilizing your spaces and um, in, in, in how the push in for innovation works, right? Is that something that you guys invest in? How does the cost sharing structure work? How do we get to um, a velocity where we can make meaningful progress across the board? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we scale to our advantage? Um, it's a great question. And so I want to come back to the data part of the conversation because it's so integral to your ability to create solutions and then and then scale programs. But if we were to focus on, for example, just our partnership with EPA Energy Star, um, Energy Star Benchmark Compliance has been an elusive benchmark for industrial, the entire industrial asset class to achieve, mostly because it's a triple net business, right? So all of our warehouse operators, all of our customers generally put utilities in their name, right? Utilities um, and energy consumption is where all of the emissions calculations are derived from, you know? And so part of our partnership with the EPA Energy Star was to make sure that we're aligned um, with trusted government resources in a way that allows us to pull data out of building um, buildings without deploying capital um, at first, right? And um, and we were able to partner with, gosh, I want to say, I want to say almost all of our, all of our regulated states, um, but almost half of our customers. So we're talking about almost 230 million square feet of customers that are willing to partner with us to provide utility data. What that resulted in was um, we were able to achieve Energy Star benchmark compliance in all of our regulated assets. We were able to certify um, the most buildings in the industrial asset class. In fact, we were able to certify five more than the next um, five peers combined. Um, and it also resulted in um, us winning the Energy Star Partner of the Year Award, right? Something that no industrial landlord has ever has ever achieved. And so it's really just a step one though, right? On the data part. Because now that we have the building consumption data, now we can form diagnostics, right? Now we can form analysis for energy efficiency. Now we can um, almost scatter plot the um, inefficient operators from the efficient ones. And we can assist those, you know, for, for, um, via outreach from all this data that we have to say, hey, we can help you with um, energy efficiency programs, right? Uh, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. And that's part of why we have our goal of 100% LED or high efficiency lighting by 2025. And just this year, we we got over 20 million uh, more square feet done, and so we're we're making a lot of active progress on on just the basics of of energy efficiency, and and beyond that, um, as we kind of move into the kind of the sustainability formula of measure, you know, reduce consumption via energy efficiency, and now green up via renewables to decarbonize, 
We also have our goal of 300 megawatts of solar by 2025. And we have 62 megawatts of solar installed today. And again, we're a two-year-old company, um, just over two years. And we have 150 megawatts in the pipeline. So pipeline means either um, under LOI, under lease, or accepted into community solar programs. And so we're, we're very rapidly scaling up these programs to be able to offer some of these decarbonization solutions to our customers under one nice, neat umbrella um, very, very quickly. But it all starts with the data. If you don't have the building data, um, it's, it's, a, it's a hard way to scale. With 35% of trucks on the road driving empty, 87 million metric tons of carbon emissions are produced annually. Leveraging machine learning and automation, Convoy is efficiently connecting shippers with carriers while reducing carbon emissions. Learn how Convoy's technology can help your business run efficiently and build toward a no empty miles future at convoy.com sustainability. I mean, when you think about, you guys are setting really aggressive targets and um, you've set out your goals and you're, you're tracking to those, right? Your customers also have their own targets and their own goals. And, and one of the things that we talk about here on the show is that there's a temptation to get out and to be vocal about goals ahead of doing the measure part, right? Um, and understanding what is your footprint and where are the opportunities for, for you to make reductions and what did the reductions look like um, in, in quantity, right? Um, how do you, in your assessment of working with, um, with your customers, how, how, do, how do you guys help folks meet their own goals and assess their own goals, right? They're, again, going back to, um, to the theme of you being central, right? And you having a lot of knowledge and I think at this stage, you know, it feels like that a lot of firms are starting to just feel their way through what's actually going on and how they should proceed. Um, and so one of the goals of this show is obviously to try to help bring to the surface um, or at least to, to take away some uncertainty or vagueness around what people are actually talking about. Like at the end of the day, there's pressure for people to reduce their emission, right, through all the scopes that they have that they have in front of them. Scope three is going to be very hard. Scope one and two, not easy, but easier than scope three in some regards because you have more control. Um, and people are going to make need to understand more specifically, how do we do these things? I'm starting out, you know, my, my neighbor or my competitor is making all these claims. Um, how do I follow suit? How do I stay up with the times? How do you guys feel? What, what do you feel like Link's role is and hand-holding your customers through the process? It's a wonderful question. Uh, and I'll, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll give you my answer, and I, and I truly believe this, but it's, it's about trust, first of all. Um, and building trust takes time, uh, and building trust allows you to advance customer partnerships as you advance in complexity for what your partners are trying to achieve, right? And so I, I think how, how we are trying to demonstrate trust uh, and reliability at Link is that we're fixing it for ourselves first. That's it. You know, so we're, we're not going to try anything that we haven't tried in ourselves for our customers. And we're not going to make representations about being able to provide solutions for them that haven't worked for us. And so the last two years, what that means is we've spent a lot of time completely redesigning our, um, our accounting ecosystem. That matters for utility billing. 
We've completely um, redesigned how we interact with utilities altogether via partnership with Schneider Electric, who's our now sole counterparty for utility bill management and enterprise utility reporting. We've started up a new utility operations team. This is a standalone team where all they do is manage all of our utility-related processes and deliverables so that we can build trust with customers, that we understand the processes that are involved in carbon accounting, utilities management, and operations, right? And that we are making use of the data, right, that we're going to pull out, right? But I think number three here, the most important part, once you start talking about the partnership, is we have the support network here at Link that we are building that will allow them the service end of being able to combine single, like many solutions into one. And what I mean by that is if, if Danny, if you come and say, hey, I want to perform an LED retrofit, but I also want to have a solar array on the roof, but I also want some kind of building optimization um, software that allows me to stagger, you know, rooftop units and HVAC relays so that I'm using uh, or I'm being efficient about my energy consumption. Rather than bouncing you around, we have a sequence for how we want to progress that relationship and knock out one at a time to follow that same recipe was touched on before. You benchline, right? You diagnose um, and you perform analysis for energy efficiency, and then you become renewable via greening up once you're sure you're not over greening, right? That's a that's a thing. I experienced it in my in my past life. If you do a long dated PPA or VPPA for those of the um, those of the listeners that understand what that is. Um, having the right amount of consumption offset is a is a mountain of analysis, especially after 10 years. You know, and, and so we take this very seriously as having the foundation of core competency in utility and energy management so that we can be a right partner for our customers as they seek to understand all these things that they have to do. Because you're because you're right, right? They they have a list, right? Every sustainability manager at my top 100 customers has all these things they want to do. Right. Um, and so what we're trying to do is figure out a way where rather than knock them out onesie twosie, how can we do it all together as one cohesive package? Right. And, and again, it really starts with with building foundations and the basics of managing at the meter. Um, and I, and I, like I said, and I think as you as you are able to demonstrate proficiency in some of these basics, then customers trust you to do to do more. You know, and so we're not we're not asking to do, you know, to boil the ocean today. Um, we're asking for our customers to partner with us on the first few steps, you know, um, because it is it is unique. You know, sustainability and decarbonization strategies are like a fingerprint, uh, and they have to be unique to that organization's goals, their operations, um, and the uh, and the business uh, function that they perform. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Um, I haven't heard that before. It's like a fingerprint, but that's that's really insightful um, because. We've heard it here a lot that people will go out and make claims ahead of understanding and having the conversations with their network um, and and walk into a situation where where those claims aren't don't fit their organization. So having having the doing the due diligence upfront is um, is imperative. You know, as I'm kind of envisioning in my mind as we you know I tend to do as I go through these conversations. You know. I've, a picture of a facility out there and there's um, solar panels on top of it and trucks coming and going. You know, increasingly there's um, a pressure for the transportation side of the world to um, to reduce emissions, right? Just like there is in the real estate side. Um, and so there's a lot of different technologies out there and there's the ones that win the headlines, which is EV and 
um, alternative fuels. How do you think that the that link plays a role in supporting the transportation side and their their ambitions to become greener? Um, we have a huge role to play in this space, um, first of all. But but I think as as a real estate, um, where, where I don't think Link has a role is necessarily taking hardware technology risk. Um, that's 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 not I don't think our our space. I think our space is to be agnostic into what kind of technology um, actually or hardware goes on site, so that we can be the best open source partner to any carrier um, that rolls into a distribution center. And that's very important. Remember, because a lot in the industrial space our release tenders are typically between three and five years, right? Um, and so being agnostic to, to changing technology, especially in today's um, and today's landscape, is, I think is very important. But um, here, here's a few thoughts on the fleet space. So the way that I see it is being able to deploy a solution at the ready um, for the next five years along the last mile medium uh, duty space is what is, is is needed based on the research and the conversations that we've had, both with our partners at places like EDF, but we also partnered with Northwestern University's graduate class um, for their capstone team to come in and provide a lot of analysis and insights for what the largest um, what the largest firms are doing from a purchase order perspective. Right? How many of these EVs are going to be on the road in the next ten years? So what we think is that within the infill market. Um, the last mile delivery vehicles with a median range uh, between 100 to 200 miles are where we're actually going to need to provide um, solutions for, right? Uh, and the other part is where we're starting to understand where does the charging occur? You know, really, what is the best place to have a vehicle take on a charge? And what is the timestamp it needs depending on the battery um, uh, discharge potential? So we so we're we're landing a little bit closer to how do we create charging depots where vehicles can come in when they're out of service, right? Um, so that they can still achieve their um, truck route efficiency um, as they as the carrier um, economics, um, you know, really really dictate. And so having these solutions both on site and off site at central locations, um, I think, is going to be integral for the progression of this medium duty vehicles. Right, like the, the big long haul Zevs, right? Um, the prototypes are really interesting. I personally think that hydrogen has a role to play here. That's a Sam thought, not a not a Lincoln of Blackstone thought. So don't uh, don't don't quote me too much on that one. That's just where kind of my my own nerdy interest lies. Uh, and some interesting case studies from Germany and European markets for the benefits of hydrogen for uh, long haul freight versus fully electric. Conversation for another time, maybe. You might have better information on, on that than I do. Um, but I think the focus here for Link really is on the is on the short infill um, last mile medium duty range where we can really start to aggregate demand um, across a fleet rather than try to do one off, two off charging at a Link facility. You know, that's that, that's I think where the market needs to head in order for the uptake to happen where some of these big POs can start to roll down the, roll down the manufacturing lines. And that way, you solution around that, right? That's going to ease a little bit on the or the the um, what do you call it? The, the mileage, the uh, mileage or the range anxiety. Excuse me. Right? That's that's part of it too. And so the the I guess a long winded way of saying we are very focused on the infrastructure, and we don't think that the infrastructure is just on a distribution center. We think there are other maybe better use cases for where that in infrastructure should belong to drive positive economics. 
uh, and positive charging times in um, fleet ranges for our for our customers. But Danny, I know we're coming out of time. I wonder if you let me plug our ESG report just for for one second. Um, yeah, there, there are two things that I, that I want to say about this report. I um, I hope that I hope that everyone reads it because I think that there's a lot of really good really good stuff in there. But um, you know, we're at Link. We're not doing ESG for ESG's sake. You know, and, and I think a lot of companies have similar lofty goals out there that aren't too different from ours. And and so I, I want to give you. I think you'll find some of that in the report, as you'll find in some of our peers' reports. But but I think I want I want to give you Sam's take um, on this report, or at least what I'm proud of. Over the course of two years, we are a young company, um, and we we do like many um, others have very ambitious goals. But the the story for me, it really is the people. You know, twenty. 20 was the year where we really found our feet as Link. We found um, part of our brand identity and we started getting out there and we started to put together strategy and goals, right? Um, and resources behind achieving those goals. Now, 2021, it's about the people. And that's what pours through the report for me. We've internalized our entire property management team. We've hired hundreds of people. Um, we've built a decentralized executive network because real estate's a local business and we're leaning on local expertise to drive insights um, and um, and expertise across our portfolio. We've stood up an entire technology team. Um, we start up a building solutions team. And so um, we, we really are making investments. Um, and right now they're in people because we think that people are what's going to help us achieve the goals and progress decarbonization and help us partner with our solutions who will ultimately trust those people to be um, to be partners with them to help achieve their goals. And so give it a read. Um, I, I hope everyone likes it. We're really proud of it. And I'm really grateful for the time here with you, Danny. This has been great, Sam. You know, I think my big takeaway from this is that we need strong partnerships. We need people who are uh, leading the charge and then pulling people along with them. It sounds like you guys have taken that as a corporate mission. And I think that's what a lot of people are looking for as leaders in this space. So we appreciate the time that you've taken to be with us here today. And um, we're looking forward to watching you along the journey. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you.